This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. People of Earth, attention. This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. The following audio presentation may contain mature language, situations, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on Edict Zero FIS. This, this is Adam, Delta's brother. Listen, today at Nemtex Technologies, there's no place for him. Even here, there's no place for him. There's nowhere else for him to go. I was advised that there's no agent in charge of this unit. You have on site a qualified tactical commander who could step into his role right now. No! uh, That's not what I was suggesting. I'm not a commander. You sure as hell sounded like one a moment ago. What? No, I'm not- I'm just trying to score brownie points ahead of time. How long before you're assigned as unit AIC? that the tracking component of Agent Marcus Briggs is still transmitting, but the reading must be in air. Another minute out of stasis and he'll be dead. Yes, in Whittled with interposed foreign debris. Restoration, a spot of cleaning in his memory, and reintroduction. This man doesn't have a scratch, not a bruise. He must be the healthiest man to ever be admitted into our ER. I remember now. You are Agent Benjamin Zerg. I am. You will come this way, please, to your new director, Edict 1 Ambassador to Edict 2. I was with them from 09 up until four months ago. They're better known now as the Stimmertown Group. No wonder your operation ended. Uh, the DOS destroying a ship loaded with innocent men, women, children should probably be classified. The weighty implications of our secrets challenge the loyalty of Edict One initiates such as yourself. And many do not fare as well as you have so far. That is understandable. I am willing to follow the evidence wherever it leads. I'm glad to hear it. So am I. Wherever it leads. Now we're in Edict One conspiracy territory. A policy of minimal interference. Is it just a noble philosophy from a faction of humankind which has evolved to a higher place of wisdom? Is it just as likely to be a justification for keeping secrets and controlling knowledge? Even the most ludicrous lies and the strangest of unlikely worlds are embraced by those who cannot conceive of anything else. Do you ever get that? The feeling of unreality? To question reality. It is a natural gravitation in an environment susceptible to scrutiny but dangerous to clients now more than ever before. We must regulate what we can to the best of our ability, which is sadly not what it once was. Errors abound with fluctuating variables.
Tumble Bay, North Island, Corseal Beach. Private area. Monday, January 5th, 24-15. Time, midnight. The night showed its face without love. Never love. Honest and generous with its indifference, the sky lay open, gleaming with stars and wondrous possibilities. But in whose vast deeps, none but those diluted by fantasies from the heart could dream of significance. For even the stars do not last. The universe cares not at all. Yet the stars do not mind. They twinkle without the curse of intelligence. They are idiots. All of them. Idiots. All of them. Blessed. Under what sky did the author of those words ruminate his condition? Would he say the same of this sky? Oh, I'm sure I couldn't know, Agent Griever. Agent Griever. Formalities return to facilitate distance. What needs that much clearance to pass between us? I anticipate something substantial indeed. Seldom do you step out into the open. When you do, it's a sign of substance. Doubly so when you summon me. Here. Here. Your visibility is a measure of gravity, I find. And where there is gravity, there is always mass. But not the other way around, evidently. Not under this sky. Goodness. You woo me with the crypticisms, Simon. And you me with your neologisms. The tea compliments both. Goodness. We both didn't stand a chance, did we? May I? Hmm. Please. My inability to read you is refreshing, but remains a puzzle. I so want the honor of a hint at your secret. I brought something else you want. On the table. In the small box. Oh, how delightful. Shall I shake the box and guess its contents? It's a necklace. You reference it as Artifact 16. A silly little talisman. I know you've had shadows looking for it. They were searching in the wrong place. You waste no time illustrating why I favour you over your predecessors. I suspect you will enjoy a longevity that they did not. Their ends were undignified, regretfully. They did not have my insurance policy. They also did not have to live with its burden of responsibility. Who was more fortunate, would you say? That has no relevance to the purpose I serve. It's necessary. Mutually assured destruction is a convincing deterrent, yes. Oh, a black cloud, that. But one lined with fine silver that befits us is gentlemen. It offers a retreat from less pleasant affairs. I have my share of those. Yes, however self-imposed. Your division 
of counterintelligence in the DOI is elective. It is a conspiracist faction sanctioned by a handful of like minds in your executive branch. It predicates distrust of the character and goodwill of Edict One. It predicates a reciprocation of distrust. It's an imperative to the rights of Edict Two as a sovereign state, which we both know are trampled as a matter of routine. You should limit where you appoint the virtues of keeping intelligence in compartments. At your level of understanding, you should recognize the absurdity of your position. It's as prominent as Poseidon tonight. My level of understanding reinforces the relevance of my position. The implications of what we know are cause for concern. That your office abstains from disclosure suggests to us that the missing context would heighten our alarm rather than allay it. That is why we will continue to seek it. There are many, many considerations. Your limited awareness of them does not make your actions any less irresponsible. We have always exercised caution and will continue to do so while we pursue our objectives. I hope you will keep that in mind in the weeks ahead. Developments since New Year's have excited our interest and our worry. Yes, as well as your activity. So, tell me, Simon, what was the location of Artifact 16? <laughs> I won't be compromising any intelligence sources this morning. Huh. I'm relieved to hear it. The impropriety would change the nature of a relationship which furnishes me with, well, how shall I say, a certain solace. This offering is not a gift. Correct. It is a barter. Well, only if it's affordable. You can't expect too much for a benign little trinket such as this. You don't need to downplay it. I know how frugal you are. A general answer to a simple question will have to suffice. Oh, indeed. Anything more would be suspicious, wouldn't you say? I'm sure I would not. It will put me at a disadvantage. Well, perhaps. What is the question? The rate of instability. It's increased since New Year's. That is not a question. How bad is it? There are challenges. If you mean to ask if the integrity of Edict Zero is in immediate peril, no. The sun will rise another day. We are handling matters as we always have. We have recovered from worse. The worry which has drawn you out is disproportionate to the situation. This is where I refrain from comment. Oh, I haven't said too much, Simon. You've said too little. Your worry is ill-founded. But as you cannot divulge the source, I am afraid I have no means... I can divulge that source, and it could not be more credible. Oh. Then do tell the source. Our feet. Our feet should not be dry. Not here, not now. Oh. Well. Poseidon did not touch the tide. Frankly, 
I had hoped that you wouldn't notice. You are listening to Edict Zero, FIS, the science fiction audio drama series, starring James Keller, Julie Hoverson, Phil Rossi, Tanya Milojevic, Russell Gold, Michael Hudson, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard, Kim Poole, Glenn Hallstrom, and creator Jack Kincaid. senior members of the Order of the Watchtower began its ill-fated journey up the Alberta Channel, collecting its cargo of cult members and setting the stage for the tragic events to come in Troy Harbor on that cold, misty September morning. The Navy was the first to detect the ship as it anchored for the wide open sea. And soon, the With you where? You Who? must come with me now. Time runs short. Someone wishes to see you. Is it the elders? Who are you? Someone who knows your name really isn't Jonathan. It's Ben. Benjamin Zern. What are you talking about? Are you insane? It doesn't matter who hears. Everyone on this ship is dead, including you, unless you come with me right now. This is your only chance, Agent. Your chance to survive. Uh. Oh, um... What are you going on about? Why are we down here? We'll be safe from what's going to happen in about one second. What's going to... Oh my god, they fired! God, they fired! The military... In five seconds, you won't be safe unless you take hold of this. How the hell is an umbrella going Take to Take hold of it to find out, or die. Time's almost up, you're trying to... Venture off West Island, Gladwin Motel. Room 49, Monday, January 5th, 2415. Time, 6.05 a.m. Oh, oh, oh. Good morning, sleepyhead. Ah! Remember me? I'm your room manager system, Pat. As you requested during your check-in at 1 a.m., I executed a 6 o'clock wake-up call in the following manner. I activated the alarm sound, I brewed coffee to your specifications, I turned on the television to morning news programming, and I gave you your one requested five minutes news period. Time is up, rise and shine. It's the start of a new day, a new week. It shines with opportunity. Enough! 
How else can I be of service to you on this fine morning of Monday, January 5th? You can stop talking. Deactivate your service, please. Are you sure you wish to see service of your complimentary room manager? Remember, this service comes free yes, of charge. Yes, I'm sure. Goodbye. Well, you could have been much nicer about it. That was I. Zern. Where are you? Who's this? Agent Garrett, who else? Who else indeed? Those are some nice phone manners you have there. Where are you is not a way to start a conversation. Sure it is. It worked fine. We are conversing, right? What do you want? I want you to meet with the rest of the unit and the field office in Jethro in about an hour and a half. Details are in your inbox. First, though, I want you to come back to the hospital. The specialist just came in to replace our implants for the Armos. You won't be cleared for work out in the I field know. until... I I'll be there soon. What's this meeting about? It's about Agent Briggs. What about him? Come to the meeting. Oh, and bring donuts. Why should I do that? Because I like donuts? I... Don't think so. Charlton Memorial Hospital. Clinic. Special Z chip station. Alright, Agent. Your little friend here is ready for installation. Putting this one in is going to hurt a lot more than taking out the other one did. I apologize for that. Great. If you're ready, I'm ready. Count of three. Okay. And one, two. Yeah. Ouch. It, it stung a touch anyway. I thought you said that it would hurt a lot. You thought right. It's all about expectation. You might feel some irritation for a day or two because of the site you chose. Try not to tip your head back too much. I must read you, and you're both good to go. Thank you. Jules, I should have known you'd waste no time getting yourself discharged. I was just up on the second floor looking for you. Better late than never, eh? They wouldn't let me out of my box last night. Agent Resnick helps bring me out of my... Oh, a hug! Um... Um... Boundaries, Briggs? Deal with it. I'm just so glad that you're alright. I heard about what happened with the one conspiracist and... Well... Yeah, could have ended up much worse. Other than some bumps and bruises and wounded pride, I'm fine. What about you? Agent Resnick said that you had direct contact with Mr. Cook, but she didn't tell me how. What happened? I'll explain later, at the meeting. She also told me that you had amnesia? For most of yesterday, yeah. I couldn't remember the past week or so, but it all came back to me. Other things came back to me too. Crazy but true things. A lot of weird shit. Like what? At the meeting. There's a resident agency in Jethro, south of here. That's where we're gonna have it. Jethro? Isn't that for a white-collar crime subdivision? We want a closed meeting. Agent Garrett thought that that was the most secure site to have it without any intrusions, and got it okayed. 
Why do I get the feeling that a lot has changed with you? Let's hit breakfast. It's gonna be a long day. Jeffro, West Island, FIS Field Office, Site 3, Time, 7.22 a.m. Over the past days, we've collected a pile of puzzle pieces. We don't have all of them, but we can infer a great deal about the big picture from those pieces we do have and can fit together. I expect we would have more, if not for the DOS barring us from the Nemtex scene. So do I. What do you think about that, Agent Zern? <laughs> I think that my fears of readjusting after spending so much time with the conspiracist groups were all for naught. The attitudes in this room are strangely comforting. This assignment must be so awful for you. Not at all. It's homey, really. Are you all right, Agent Kircher? You've got that um, corner-of-the-mouth grimace thing going on. I'm still sore from my adventures in a collapsing building. Other than that, I'm peachy. Thanks for not asking, Garrett. But I did ask. <clears throat> About the DOS. I have had them take scenes from me when I commanded TO7. After they do that, they share only what they feel is relevant. They are not known for their insight. You commanded primary tactical? What are you doing here with these... <clears throat> these what? Agents? Maybe she finds his homie, too. Homie. Hmm. I like that word. I would just homie. like to get on with this, please. You didn't say when Agent Briggs will be back. And you didn't bring donuts. Nope. Nope, I didn't. Agent Briggs will be very sad. Sorry about that. Had a little trouble getting my replacement badge. I'm all set. Now that Zern is here, we can get started. No donuts, huh? See what you did, Zern? The man is sad. I don't want to know. Agent Resnick, have we had any luck tracing back Mr. Cook's steps using the public camera records? How could she? He didn't show up on cameras. Right, I know that. I meant using Melissa Parker's face, and she seemed so intent on mugging for the cameras when she saw them. We only found three more. The first would be hard to explain without teleportation involved. She was captured by a camera in an alley about 20 minutes after the Center City explosion. Only, this was in Angola, South Island. A long, long way from the center of the mainland. Too far away to have traveled there by any other means. Angola is a conspiracist hotspot in the Grady Belt. I'm looking into past geographical profiles we have of that area. We have her back in Center City the next day. January 2nd at 3.03 p.m. A subway camera. She is there, in the corner of the picture. Back in center. Where is that? Is that in downtown? That's right. Not far from the lair of Captain Socrates. Cook must have gone to see him. Why else would he have been there? But why? What use would Cook have for that crazy son of a bitch? <sighs> I think we're gonna need to revisit the captain. Oh boy. We'll get you a helmet. Not funny, Garrett. The other place we have her is... In Vegas 2 on the night of January 3rd. Before or after the theater in Sunset Bay? After. 10.23 p.m. 
Hmm. Where Cook planted his Harlan Hill chip in the trunk of those tourists. This is fascinating and, and gives us leads. But I find it hard to believe that you didn't come up with more. I used the algorithms from the best samples we have of Melissa Parker's face. No, they did not generate as many hits as I had hoped. I've searched through public surveillance records as far back as February of 2411. The McCrins kept her well hidden. She was a prized possession of the chieftain. You better believe it. Yes, the oldest hit we have is just six days ago in Gannontown, at the McCrin Donnell meeting, where she changed hands. And you've all established this was so Tonell could exchange her for the uh, Hexgate Disc Paradox artifact? From Mr. Cook, yes, who Tonell meant to double-cross, not knowing that Cook anticipated this and would double-cross him first. Using the briefcase bomb. Right. Mr. Cook didn't have the Hexgate Disc yet, but the desire for it was something that he and Tonell shared. That's what Mr. Cook was after at Nemtex yesterday. Gretchen Tiswa confirmed that Cook was after an artifact, but she didn't specify. What makes you think that it was the Hexgate disc? It was below the wing where Cook detonated the bomb yesterday. It was in a secret room, much like the one in Sunset Bay. Only Edict One didn't have the chance to hide that one. That Edict One has anything at all to do with this is highly speculative to an outlandish degree. Consider the discrepancies between the forensic reports from the Edict One Crime Lab Service and what we know, and in some cases, even documented, such as my photographic evidence at bomb sites. There's also the compromise of the crime scene in Gleeds and the suspicious circumstances which surround it. Also, consider the DOS tampering with the Harborough location, or, if you like, consider that the evidence points to technology which is more advanced than anything we know. Who's the most likely source, Zern? Um, to speculate that it was aliens from outer space would be outlandish. We don't need to reach that far. We have Edict One. It's common knowledge that they do not share their technology, as they say that they wish to study our natural development with minimal interference. Pretext. And what about the security department? You've spoken to them as if they're interchangeable with Edict One. It's the security of the Federation that they maintain, Edict 2. Which suggests that part of the security department, and yes, even our own government, have been compromised by Edict 1's influence. But I was trying to refrain from bringing that up. I, I guess I don't understand what you're suggesting. Are you suggesting that we investigate Edict 1? Hmm, is that it? Well, that could be fun. It is not our job as FIS agents to solve mysteries that intrigue us. It is our job to investigate criminal acts. Or have you forgotten that occupational detail? The real point here is we all need to keep in mind what we're up against and what we might find over the hills ahead. Like it or not, this is the road we're on. There's going to be turbulence with our investigations, maybe even with our careers and credibility. Staying true to what we're doing here will come with cost. How much is impossible to know. What more do you and Garrett know that you haven't told the rest of us? I would like to know this too. I do not like that you are keeping secrets. I'll get to that, but I want to make myself clear right now. I'm prepared to hit the ground running and follow this road. Anybody not prepared to take this trip needs to walk. This is your chance to walk. 
So this is the out. There's the door. You might want to take it. Simple as that. Along with anyone else. You didn't answer my question, Marcus. How can you both be so sure that this Hexgate disc was there? That it's even real? I mean, how do you know? I know because I saw it after I tried to subdue Mr. Cookie and he teleported there. He teleported me with him. And I know what I saw. The Armos readings on Briggs' location were accurate. The Paradox artifacts are real. Sandual in West Island, Grusty Road, former hideout of Conspiracist Cell. Yo, where did that FIS agent go? Agent Parrish? Outside with a couple others. Conspiracist nutsos are real spooky, and they got too much time on their hands. Look at all this shit. How many Z-Link units you think we got here? 15, 20? These pulse rifles over here are West-issued. Old models. I'm betting they were decommissioned, but intercepted before they could be junked and recycled. Some, I think, are DOS. So, so. how long before we move this evidence along the E1CLS? FIS asked us to process this scene to our heart's content and hold everything as it is till some special unit gets here. They want their own eyes on it first. Well, that's kind of unusual, don't you think? I think you're kind of unusual, rookie. Don't you have a beat to walk or something? Paris? What the hell are they talking about? A parrot? It's a. I believe it's a bird. 30 seconds for technical IC and AC cleanup. Oh, pity. We missed the draw on the target entity. Trapdoor panel, right there. Open sesame. Ah! Hello down there. Look up into this light, please. Very bright, isn't it? Relative to you, sir, I imagine few things are. Fortunately, we have methods of extracting data that don't require your slighted mind as an interface. I want Delta. Who, who are you? I am the man who says... The possible perp in here. Repeat the 10-0 message. You got clipped. How can that be? We clear this. We, we clear the whole area. We may have a time going to house. Agent Parrish? Ariel ran a bioscan of the building and we detected an unknown occupant. Where? Down there, hidden compartment. We think he's unarmed, but everybody cover it in case. Got a lever? Good. Pull it. Pull it! Do not move. Raise your hand so we can see him. Do it right now! I said right now. I don't think he hears you. I'm not so sure that he even sees us. He looks catatonic. Venture off West Island, Federation Square, parking garage. language that demonizes a sizable demographic over the actions of a handful of extremists. That may even be politically problematic, Deputy Director. Your opinion is noted. Well, I'm glad that you value it enough to note it. I hope you take it to heart. 
I think we have enough problems in the perception department, frankly, after we misfired at the East Tridon. I could not agree more. The unit that pursued the correct angle should be applauded, and I'm going to suggest appointing Agent Nick Garrett as honorary chief of the unit as they proceed with the follow-up investigation. Hmm. The very same agent whose conduct and gleed you raked me over the coals about only two days ago? The same whose impulsive queries have guaranteed an it audit... It was already assured that we would be put under a microscope what? given the events of the past four days. You are aware that there are allegations of several broken protocols by Garrett at the Nemtech scene. Agent Garrett was right from the start, from the first briefing on the bombing which I recently reviewed. It was Agent Garrett who correctly identified the bomber well, and I... who openly challenged Agent uh, Wakeman. Thank God you had the good sense to listen to him. You'll have to pardon me while I have a surreal moment of pause. And it'll be the same good sense that you've just credited me with that I'll be employing when I tell you that I absolutely will not assign Agent Garrett to a UC position, honorary or otherwise. We need to demonstrate to the Attorney General that we accept accountability when we are in error and that we reward and encourage agents who prove their competence. I we have an opportunity to move the spotlight of our discussions on our successes rather than on our failures. Agent Garrett was right. Yes, he was. Nevertheless, being right is not a qualifier for leadership. He's not a follower, I grant you that, but he's not a leader either. He is a loner. To appoint him to a leadership role would be setting a man of his sensibilities up for failure. Foreseeing that eventuality precludes me from staking my reputation on a decision that I know to be irresponsible. And if I order you to assign him as unit chief? That title verges on pretentious when referring to a small transient unit. And if you do issue an order, you will do so through official channels that generate a record. Also, I may tender my resignation. That alone should suggest how profoundly bad of an idea that is. How much longer do you think I should tolerate your disrespect? Given the incredible pressures of your position at a time like this, it's perfectly understandable that in your rush to run desperately needed damage control, you didn't give this agent's record the careful eye you otherwise would have. I recommend, as an advising assistant to the director and his office, that you do so. Hmm. Ever the diplomat, Alan. I do my job. And part of my job is helping you to do yours. Consider yourself assisted. Jeff Rowe, West Island, FIS Field Office, Site 3. I had Mr. Cook in a hold and I was a beat away from taking him down on the floor when the building shook and knocked us off balance. That's when he triggered the device and everything turned into a smear. It was like the world exploded and we were falling in a spill of rubble. Poof, just like that. I didn't know what happened. I had no sense that we had jumped to somewhere else in the building. I also was in a hell of a lot of pain before the endorphins kicked in. Even after, it was no picnic. The problem is the medical report. It says you sustained no injury. That part we can't explain yet. But we do have his clothes, which tell an interesting story. That should have been submitted into evidence. But you know that. Yes, to be sent off to eat at one. To be buried immediately. I'm sure they counted on that. It's telling. Now, if you examine the damage to his clothes, you can imagine the effect it had on his skin. It wasn't only my skin. I had things sticking out of me everywhere. Mr. Cook didn't look much better. In some ways, he looked worse. His face looked dried, cracked. I 
swear, it looked ready to fall apart, and his eyes, well... He did have eyes. His sockets were empty, rotten holes, but he could see. I know he could. And even though he looked worse off than I was, he could walk, like he felt no pain. Well, I take that back. He limped. I couldn't even do that much. I could hardly move at all. I was messed up. Physically messed up. What did you mean by things sticking out of you? Debris from the building. His clothes have small bits of rubble embedded in it. Bits of glass, crumbled concrete, an assortment of stuff. You can feel it. Even see some of it with the naked eye. See? See these threads that run through this little chunk here? Not around it. Through it. Do you... Do we have a theory on how Briggs could have been healed so rapidly after being wounded to that extent? Not on the how. But we have evidence that it did happen. What evidence? Jules, do you remember my scars? Yes, of course I do. They're not there anymore. Uh, the ones on the outside, anyway. That's... That's... Remarkable. Amazing. It is. Knowing how bad I was down there with Cook, I was sure that I was going to die. By all rights, I shouldn't be here. That's how bad I was. If we had our own crime lab for processing, I'm sure that we would find that the blood on the clothes belongs to Briggs. Not just me. Also to TU-9, Agent Parson and Dimitri Soon Chang, who teleported with Cook, right where Parson was standing in front of me. And so they were both destroyed. Hmm. I think we're making a believer out of Zern. Zern is looking for alternate explanations in saner territory. Sanity is a social construct, you know. If it happened so quickly, how do you know it was Sun Chang? It was the first thing that Cook talked about. He said that Dimitri was his last traveler, before me. He said that he warned him what could happen. Cook shared his thoughts candidly. He didn't think that you would live to repeat them. And neither did I, but he had a different reason. He said that the world was a fantasy, to itself. He talked like he meant to destroy it, destroy everything, and that the artifact could do the job. It's as if he thought it was a doomsday bomb or something. Except the conspiracists who believe in the paradox artifacts don't ascribe any apocalypse to it at all. It's described as an alien technology that opens an interdimensional gate. It lets in minion creatures that follow your orders. It's techno-sorcerer of fantasy. Jules? What? I don't know. You just had an odd look. Do you have thoughts about this? I was... I was only thinking about Cook's comments, uh, about the world being a fantasy. It fits the psychopathology that we established for him. Professor Ludlow also said that the Hexgate disc was a summoning device. Ludlow. But it's interesting As that in Cook thought... South Island State and Sterling Professor Ludlow? Yeah, that's him. You familiar with him? Ludlow gives the artifacts no credence. They're a joke to him. He considers everyone who believes in them idiots. That's true, but his description of the hexagate disc matches what Briggs saw. A metal saucer with small levers and other controls. It also had a digital display, and before Cook took hold of it, it was floating in the air, on end, and rotating, spinning slowly. Well, that sounds familiar. Really familiar. Well, my informant from Gleets. 
the one who was with Ethan Busby when he found the briefcase artifact in Harborough. He said that the briefcase was levitating in the alley and revolving. Then all of the artifacts may appear this way. Well, that could be. And apparently, at least some of the time, in hidden chambers, like the one in Sunset Bay. Cook made mention of the hidden room in the theater when I asked him where we were. The room was similar, and it was lit up, but there were no lights. It had its own very strange glow. Forgive me if I'm pointing out the obvious. I know that's Garrett's department. But the artifact didn't destroy the world, did it? It's clear that Mr. Cook had a misconception it would. One of the last things I remember before I blacked out was Cook calling it a setback. This was after he activated the thing. It did something all right, but not what he wanted. The strange bioscan readings are even more eerie now when I think about what the Hexgate disk is supposed to do. What did it do? It released a, a sound. It was an awful sound that traveled with a weird light. I remember a sound. Gretchen heard it too, and... What is that? And what? Agent Garrett said that he heard the sound too. In the rubble. I didn't just hear it, I saw the light as well. It seemed to be attracted to noise. It zipped off when I heard gunshots and... Agent Kircher, did you see it too? Did it come to you? I'm... I... I don't know. Easy, Garrett. No, he doesn't have to be easy. There was just a lot going on with Gretchen Tiswa and... everything. Agent Briggs, you said you blacked out. What's the next thing you remember after that? Stumbling around outside the building, confused as to what was going on. Not remembering where I was or why I was there. Although... And there was this flash of shapes standing around me while I was still down there in that chamber. It's a flash in my memory. I don't know if I can trust it. What we can trust is that something astonishing has happened during the time we cannot account for. Do you think it's relevant to our investigation to find out? I think everything is relevant. We have to stick to evidence for our reports. A.D. Dockstader made it clear that he wants no conjecture. I agree. I think that it's in our best interest that we stay in the lines as much as possible for our reports. At the same time, we can't ignore the things we've seen. I know I can't. It would also be best if I'm not involved in writing the reports. You took the thought right out of my head. I can be objective about myself, you know. It's one of my superpowers. But I also don't like writing reports. So there's that too. I have a message from... Dockstader, who wants to know why we're in Jethro instead of West Island HQ and Ventura. He must have tracked us with Armas. That's cheating. Hmm. If he can track us, then those in higher places can too. I think we should head back to Ventura and go over everything from top to bottom, end to end. There has been a development in the St. Julian area where the conspiracy cell had their base of operations. They found an area where someone was hiding. They identified him as Adam Beecher, the older brother of Delta Funkspiel Beecher, the technical op of the group. Was the brother part of the cell? Is he talking to us? He's not talking at all. Reports here say that he is in a state of catatonia. Doctors are trying to figure out the cause. We have him in FIS custody in a detainment ward at the hospital in Ventura. Interesting. I'd like to go have a look at his condition firsthand. I'll go with you. 
While you're doing that, I'm going to send Julian. I want to see where this conspiracy cell was operating from and go through whatever they left behind. Then I will be joining Zern. There are several computers at the site as well as a technical workshop where they built devices and modified weapons. I am strong in this area. All right. While you're doing that, I'm heading back to the Ventura office to make sure we've got a workspace. I'll start going over everything and make some calls. I might be able to find a money trail with the conspiracists. Everybody keep me informed. Send Jewel in West Island. Time for 14 p.m. Whatever little piece of crap Gizmo needs a number in the baggie. FIS wants a full account of everything here. Rather than just kicking it all to the 81 crime lab and letting them deal with it. There have been discrepancies with these cases, so we must be doubly thorough. I want to go over all the data myself, just as I took snapshots and cataloged everything in the workshop. I noticed. You've both been here all afternoon? I have. Agent Resnick spent an hour at the San Julian PD. I had to digitize some anachronistic media in the technical services room. It turned out to be not so helpful. Other things have. This group wasn't a direct offshoot of the Chariot, but they were heavily influenced by them, as well as some of the wackier same Earth conspiracists. They believe that we never left Old Earth? They also believe, as most conspiracists do, that the military doesn't restrict ocean travel away from the islands for the safety of civilians, but to protect secrets. Like secret continents? That's the usual assertion. This group is a little different, as you heard in the statement Dmitri Sun Chang released. They believe we're living in a simulation, a pseudo-reality program, rather like the programs once used on unwitting prisoners to see if they would repeat offend if given parole. It was also used on soldiers without their knowledge, testing how they would perform in real-world combat and disaster scenarios. I read that the simulations were so real that no one could tell the difference. That was the idea, and that's one of the reasons it was outlawed, of course. I wouldn't mind a vacation in another reality. A historical problem with that technology for recreational use is that people became addicted to it. Their real lives go neglected and crumble. Soon they have nothing but terrible withdrawal from the fantasy. Who needs to contribute to society and work hard for the dreams when you can have everything you want with a stroke of a few keys? That's human nature for you. If given the choice, we'll do the least amount of work with a maximum amount of gain. Sometimes it even works. But in the end, there's always a cost. Resnick. Hey, it's Jules. I'm just letting you know that we're still at the hospital assessing Adam Brosa. He is in a genuine state of catatonia, even his pupils are non-reactive. Don't you mean Adam Beecher? Yes, isn't that what I said? No, you said Adam Brosa. What? Oh, huh. Maybe I did. That was the name of a doctor I encountered yesterday. He made an impression. What about Adam Brosa? It's the name of a doctor at the hospital. Is there a problem? No, not at all. The name sounded familiar. Are you and Agent Zern still in San Julian? Yes. Uh, There was a lot to process here. I expect we'll be leaving an hour from now or so. 
We'll be leaving the hospital shortly. Agent Garrett is in with Adam Beecher now. He wanted one more chance with him, but I don't expect anything to come of it. Even if he were talking, I'm not sure how helpful he could be. Right. His file did say that he was developmentally challenged. Adam Beecher is learning disabled, yes. No specific condition was ever diagnosed, but his IQ is low, about on a par with a child. I don't believe that Adam could have been part of the cell. I saw that all immediate relatives were deceased. Perhaps he had nowhere else to go, and that's the reason why he stayed here. That would be my guess. Now, how he ended up in the state he's in right now, that's anyone's guess. We just don't know. Hmm. Unless you have anything else to report, I'll see you in the Ventura office in a couple of hours. Okay. And at that time, I'll brief our unit on the findings here. We also have new data from the Nemtex site. Feeds from the cameras between the time that I restored the security system and the explosion. I'll go over everything later. That sounds fine. Ring me if anything else comes up. Bye. We have video records from the Nemtex building? After I had the cameras operating again, yes. This wasn't for long. The conspiracists had destroyed many of them in the area of the basement where they camped. But we may have some views inside the building which captured the final moments before the explosion. Agent Zern, are you alright? Why do you ask that? You lost some of the color in your face. Do you feel well? Oh, I'm having trouble remembering a time when I did. Well, might be too much to ask. Sunset Bay, West Island. McCandy Regal Theaters. Cinema 7 Movieplex. Time, 8.18 p.m. So you're the FIS guy I've been expecting, I take it. Expecting? I wasn't aware that anyone gave me advance billing. FIS Assistant Director in Charge, Alan Dockstader. Here's my badge. Forgive me if I'm incorrect, but is the theater operating tonight? Sounds like it is, and I don't believe it should be. No, what you hear are the staff cleaning up from Saturday night and getting things ready for the reopen tomorrow. If they get the all clear. The owners are getting awful antsy about lost business. I can understand that, but this hallway needs to be off limits to the public for the time being. Oh, sure, and it will be. It'll be blocked off and Cinema 4 there will be closed in the meanwhile. Fire codes and all. Anyhow, you got a guy waiting for you downstairs in that weird room. What? Have you seen the room yet? No, I haven't seen the room. And who's waiting for me? He scans his edict too in high level. Like has no name high level. He's got those spooky eyes too. You know the eyes I'm talking about. Eyes that look like they've seen about every damn thing. Spooky eyes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. That probably Well, that's seemed... quite all right. Thank you. I think I know exactly who you're referring to. Down the stairs here? Yeah, they curve crazy like so much of stuff. I'll be damned. Look at this place. I had a feeling you would show here today. I'm sure it was more than a feeling. 
I've felt eyes on me since I arrived in West Island. Hello, Alan. Simon, it's been a few years. It feels a lot longer, doesn't it? How's Margot? She's well. I expect you already knew that, of course. Please give your family my best regards. I had hoped to have one of my own someday. It's not a treasure I can afford. No, there's always retirement. Hmm. Some conditions cannot be undone. There is no retirement from my department. Not in my area. In practice, I can only protect the family that I don't have. That is responsible. It's a dangerous world. Man has always lived in one. I used to believe that crime was a symptom of human beings being ill-configured for their environment, of incompatibility well, with their own societal constructs, which they created to restrict a nature that will always persist. What do you believe now? I still believe it. But I'm not as optimistic that a system of living could be devised which would result in harmony. That's why laws will forever exist, will forever be broken, and men like you and I will always have a paycheck. <laughs> I had forgotten how much I missed our talks. <laughs> it's not the same without a dartboard or pool table, is it? A few other things aren't the same from the sounds of it. Your opinion of Edict One has changed. Not really. There's still a source of hope to me that we can evolve to something better. Something more altruistic. Sign of this may lie in the division that took place when our ancestors arrived here. They had the good sense not to mix the toxins of old world mentality into their pot. As the story goes, yet you feel no alienation by it. I have no doubt that they would have wiped us all out if it was in their nature to do so, or reduced us to slaves, or any number of nefarious things that humans have been known to do to creatures that we deem lesser than ourselves. Instead, well, Edict One gave us the world that their generations upon generations had journeyed so very long and hard to reach. A world that was to be their heritage. What does that say about them? About who they had become? You honor them with your interpretation. How do you interpret this room? <sighs> Frankly, I don't know what to make of it. I read the descriptions. I saw the pictures, but I had to see it for myself. It's unreal. We need to talk. I thought that's what we were doing. Not here. Vaudeville City, West Island, North Suburbs, Banatronius Highway 2. Southbound. I'm going to presume that from the moment I stepped in this car... You disappeared I... from the remote mission oversight system. Yes. And we can speak freely in here. No place is more secure. Is this about Sigmund Bryce? Or perhaps, I should say, Isaac Allister? Information was dropped to an agent that Sigmund Bryce was the legend of an undercover FIS counterterrorism agent named Isaac Allister. It also infers that he was plucked for service by the DOI. Off the record. Alistair was a considered candidate. We believe that he was intercepted by another... less known intelligence agency. He was not an agent in the Department of Intelligence. Huh. 
I would expect you to claim that either way. And this other mysterious intelligence agency you referenced? Hmm. No, that's where I can't cross a line. It's, as you used to put it, cloak and dagger bullshit. Where are we headed? Nowhere. I drive, we talk, remember? It's been a while. You haven't told me what you want. We have interest in recent events in this new unit of your task force. Will they be ongoing? They'll soon be officially established as a special investigative unit under my command. What's the nature of your interest, Simon? Or are we going to have to do the C&D dance? Counterintelligence is interested both in the progress of the unit and its continuance. One of our most sacred functions is promoting an atmosphere of checks and balances as it pertains to Edict 2 and Edict 1. We deem this a unique opportunity not to be squandered. This is getting serious, isn't it? It is. Enough for you to be very careful, Alan. Are you telling me this to threaten me? Of course not. I tell you this because I'm your friend. So says the DOI spy. We are willing to advise you on select matters, as long as you keep us in the loop. All we want is an open channel of intelligence. Hmm. So, you want to spy on us with my help? Do you recognize the ridiculousness of what you're suggesting? I expect you have been issued orders recently by either the director or the deputy director, which would place the unit on a road to failure. Hmm. Interesting. You expect correct. I resisted. There are many who don't want this unit to continue, certainly not succeed. We are not among them. I can offer you guidance to keep it alive and manoeuvre it around the pitfalls that we can see in the big picture of it all. It is dangerous terrain. Do you understand? I'll need to think about it. Don't take too long. Their next steps could be their last. I do have an inquiry about something related to the unit. Seeing as how we're both in the stealth car and wearing the fancy suits. Inquire at will. I know that the intelligence department keeps tabs on our counterterrorism assets. What can you tell me about an agent named Benjamin Zern? He's from your neck of the woods. In Trinity? Yes, but I wasn't really referring to geography. I'm advised that he took part in a joint DOI operation but I find it difficult to digest that he could have been deep cover in Operation Troy. Because he was with the Stimmertown group. They ended well, didn't they? On that damned ship of theirs. A Viking funeral without the honor. I was unaware that anyone survived that incident up until yesterday, when SSA Vasalis told me about Zern. When I asked for more details on that, he played the SCI classified card. Did he now? It's in no DOI compartment that counterintelligence has access to. We were also unaware. Well, that either means that he lied, or you're lying right now. FIS counterterrorism is good at keeping secrets. It keeps those we share with it in our joint compartment, but it tries to keep its own compartments, its own secrets, from you and from us. For every failed attempt that we detect, there must be a success or two. The Trinity office seems awfully busy in that regard. But then, everybody does lately. Well, something feels wrong about Zern. I can't put my finger on it. 
<laughs> you said the same to me once about his father. His father? You mean... Yes, Governor Douglas Zern. Or Governor as he was back then, now it's Senator, of course. Huh. So Senator Zern is his old man. I should have noted the resemblance. I'll give Benjamin a closer look and get back to you. Meanwhile, do think about my offer. And don't take too long to decide. Venture off West Island, Federation Square, FIS West Island Headquarters. Time, 9.45 p.m. I agree that he stayed his course way too easily. The question is how you want to handle this. We couldn't have put a stronger fork in the road for him. Based on his background, I wouldn't have been able to analyze of his personality. Zern should have taken the exit, or at the very least, struggled with the decision as to whether to take it. Right. Something kept him steady. For now, I think we should do nothing. Let him get comfortable. Sooner or later, he'll lower his guard, and the result may be telling. Then that's what we'll do. What they feel is important. What they classify as need to know. That's another way of saying not much. Doc Stater receives updates and forwards them to us. What about Melissa Parker? Have her remains been found? Does the DOS have her? And why am I the only one asking this question? You're not. We're all interested in her. We're not personalizing it like you are. Psychoanalyze someone else, Garrett. I've reached my limit seriously. Withdrawn, Your Honor. We have her last known whereabouts before the explosion, about two minutes before. A bioscan showed two signatures rushing toward the east in corridor 4E. By that time, I had the security system restored and they were captured by a camera. Let's see. This is Viktor Petrovsky, the one they called Framer. You can see him here carrying Melissa Parker and hurrying towards an east stairwell. It looks as if he is trying to flee the building. That wouldn't have worked out. Maybe he was only trying to get away from Mr. Cook, knowing that the briefcase bomb would be detonated. And that's the last we see of her and Framer? There were no cameras in the stairwell except at the very top floor. I did check the feeds from the northeast corridor and adjoining halls. As far as I can tell, Framer and Melissa Parker stopped in that stairwell and remained there until the explosion. After that, there's no way to know what became of Melissa Parker, but we do know what happened to Framer. The DOS reported recovery of his body at the bottom of the stairwell. Melissa may be in DOS custody, and they're not telling us. She ties in with something related to classified compartments. Do we have any new leads on the conspiracists? We have insights into their beliefs and how they operated, but no leads. I'm looking into connections that they may have had in South Island, concentrating on the Angola area. I haven't found any new leads on the financial front. If this cell had generous benefactors, then they covered their tracks well. We're hitting the wall here, thanks in part to the DOS shutting us out. We may have to backtrack and pull on the loose ends we've collected along the way. Good evening, Assistant Director. Agent, I read your preliminary report. I will be sending it back to you with suggested adjustments. Adjustments? Yes, adjustments. For the most part, I'm happy with it. But not so much with the missing blanks. You wanted no conjecture, sir. I did say that, yes. 
and I think missing blanks may be a lesser evil, frankly, given some of the theories I've heard float out of this unit. But that's how it is. I hope you'll be able to make the most of the next few days, because I want you all back in the capital by Wednesday. Your special investigative unit, now appointed code SIU-415-8, will have an office on the second floor of the HQ. Will it have a view? No, Agent Garrett. It will not. Thank you, sir. Special Agent Resnick, I need to have a word with you. Would you come with me, please? Yes, sir. It shouldn't take long. I wonder what that was about. It sounded ominous. I don't think so. I think it's careful consideration time. Conference room. After giving a matter careful consideration, I've made a decision. I'm short on time and due back to the director, so I'm going to get right to the point. I assigned you to the task force unit to provide it with dedicated technical support. After reviewing your performance, I want to commend you on a job well done. Thank you. It is nice to be appreciated. Understand that I will still expect you to utilize your technical abilities to the fullest extent, supporting the unit in that capacity. But I would like to see you rise to the challenge of additional duties. I will do my best. I warn that with this opportunity does come a fair amount of paperwork and some potentially frustrating troubleshooting as it pertains to Agent Nick Garrett. But I believe that you're the right person for the job. Job? What job? I am promoting you to Unit Chief of SIU 415-8. Congratulations. I cannot accept that promotion, sir. I'm sorry. I... what? I am not the right person for the job. I, I do not have the necessary investigative field experience to be suitable for a unit chief position. At the risk of being insubordinate, I must respectfully decline this. I have faith that you'll do just fine, Agent Resnick. We will never know, Assistant Director. It's not going to happen. This is not a request, Agent Resnick. It's an order. It's effective immediately. I will accept any disciplinary action you decide upon for my refusal, but that assignment is unacceptable. I will not take it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm in a difficult position now that this unit is front and center. The establishment of the unit under my direct command was within my power, but it was unusual. I had my reasons for doing so, but I only anticipated that it would turn up some relevant leads which the main task force missed. I did not expect its investigations to become the focal point. This is a changed environment. When I accepted the transfer to this unit, you mentioned that it did not have a chief or AIC as of yet, but would. You did not say that it would be me. If you had, I would have told you what I'm telling you now. No. I want to promote from inside the unit. Given recent circumstances, this is not the right time for Agent Kircher or Briggs to take on that responsibility, and neither have experience managing- I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry too. I thought I could count on you. You cannot count on me for that, Assistant Director. There's nothing that you can say that can change my mind. I'm sorry. Why are you so against this? Because it is beyond my experience and qualifications. Is that the only reason? That is enough. That's not your call. That's mine. Are you questioning my ability to make it? On this matter? Yes. Yes, I am. 
if the unit will no longer require its own technical analyst, or if the FIS is no longer interested in my services as a special agent, please tell me now so I can make other arrangements. No, I don't think that'll be necessary. Then, if there's nothing else, I would like to be dismissed. Hmm. Need I remind you that your standing in the chain of command does not magnify or reduce responsibility for the actions and welfare of the agents in your unit? Need I remind you? No, sir. You do not. Understand. The offer still stands. But the moment you walk out that door, it vanishes. Gone. Well, dismiss yourself at will. Thank you, Assistant Director. Shit. Thank you for listening to this episode of Edict Zero FIS. Music and ambience heard on the show come from Nine Inch Nails, Kevin McLeod, Tom Cusack, ERH, How to Destroy Angels, and Natalie Nicole Gilbert. Other music and sound effects come from public domain show producer and Slipgate 9 studio resources, as well as material released freely on the internet through such venues as the Internet Archive. Look to the show credits on the website for more information. This episode is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States License. For more information on Edict Zero FIS, visit its home at edictzero.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening. Do you like thrillers, action, adventure, mystery, crime drama? Well, you're in luck, because here on the Mutual Audio Network, we have Thursday Thrillers. You can subscribe and have a dose of adrenaline-pumping audio every Thursday from your favorite podcast player. Get it here now. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.